Welcome to the FHE Podcast, hosted by Amy and Maddie. We are the Fruity Horny Exmos. Hello. Hi. And welcome back to yet another episode of the FHE Podcast, right here. With Amy and Maddie, <laughs> live, no, just kidding. Live from New York. It's, it's not Saturday. Live. It's not, and it's, it is Saturday night. It is Saturday night. Oh. Anyways. Anyway. Um. Yeah, welcome back. Yeah, welcome back. Glad you're here. Yes, we are. And we are very excited for this episode. Amy's done some good research on this topic, and it was not planned to be a two-parter, but <laughs> here we are doing our second episode with the temple so yeah we just got a little too excited <laughs> and just delved way more into the temple ceremony in last week's episode than we had planned which is fine yeah, and it I was thought really it was, interesting yeah i thought it was really interesting and i think it's a good idea anyway even if it was last minute to have more of a clear understanding of like what goes on in the lds temple ceremony and it'll tie into today's topic yeah exactly so Without further ado, Amy, take it away. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Maddie. You're welcome. <laughs> Today's topic for discussion is informed consent, uh, specifically as it pertains to mostly the LDS temple ceremony, but also just kind of the church in general. So I thought it was important for us to first hear what informed consent really means. And it's actually primarily a principle used in medical ethics and medical law. So basically that a patient must have sufficient information and understanding before making decisions about their medical care. So that's the real like definition behind informed consent. It says in most systems, healthcare providers have a legal and ethical responsibility to ensure that a patient's consent is informed. You know how serious they take it in hopefully. <laughs> you hopefully you know how serious they take it in a medical setting. That's, you know, again, when I search an informed consent, really what comes up is medical informed consent. I did find a few articles from um mormonstories.org um and also a TikTok that John Delin did. <laughs> Which feels weird to say, honestly. But <laughs> that's um, weird. But he does, and he talks about the four pillars of informed consent. So, first pillar is you must have the capacity or ability to make a decision. Number two, all important relevant information must be disclosed, including the benefits and risks and the probabilities of each. Number three, you must comprehend the relevant information. And number four, you must voluntarily grant consent without coercion or duress. Do you feel like the LDS Church follows? follows those four pillars of informed consent um no <laughs> times four yeah yeah no they don't <laughs> i mean i think most well as an adult you have the capacity or ability to make a decision but when you're eight years old you don't and yeah. that's when you are signing up like you don't know what you're signing up for no you're eight you're eight and you know if you have grown up in the church what else would you choose as yeah. an adult like of course you're going to yeah. choose to stay, you know. Unless, right, it's all you know. You know, unless you, things happen. But. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> but, I mean, I think, yeah, there's, like, moments where maybe one, max two of these could be true. But I would say overall the LDS Church, in pretty much any way I can think of, fails on all fronts listed in the four pillars of informed consent. Agreed. So let's keep in mind those four pillars of informed consent. When I was researching 
Because when I think of informed consent, mostly what I think about is the temple ceremony. And that's obviously what we talked about in last week's episode. For good reason, because that I feel like in particular is the main thing I can think of that has that causes issues with a lot of people because they don't know what they signed up for. They say, I want to, you know, take this next step. I want to receive the endowment, etc. But you don't know what that means. Not mm-hmm. really. And even when you go to temple prep and you would think you would, you know, no. find out. Means. You don't. But you don't. Yeah. <laughs> if you look into the LDS temple ceremony, what you'll find is really where the ceremony came from. And what do you know about the Freemasons? Basically nothing. Same. Um, but I do know that a lot of the temple ceremony is from that. Yeah. Uh-huh. I've heard that. It's uh, it's fascinating. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about just how much comes from them. But also I feel like it's important as I didn't really know much about Freemasons in general, mm-hmm. what that meant. I know I'd heard the term before, like in school, vaguely. Yeah. But that was kind of it. So I found an article from history.com about the Freemasons and it's seven facts about Freemasons, basically. Okay. Number one, the Freemasons are the oldest fraternal, which like, aka means men only, organization in the world. This group began in the Middle Ages. Isn't that shocking? I didn't know that. As early as 1390 in Europe as a guild of skilled builders. So, hmm. yeah, I when I was learning about it, I did not think that's where it started or what it was. Like, for some reason, I thought it started in, like, the 1700s, maybe. Like, when, because I know it had to do with, like, a lot of the founding fathers. So I thought it started then, but it's it had been around for 400 years before that. Damn, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, I know. I'm excited for this episode. <laughs> Me too. going to learn a lot. <laughs> I learned a lot, and I'm really excited to hear, like, your thoughts on it. So <laughs> number two is about Freemason symbols, okay? So number one. The all-seeing eye, also known as the eye of providence, while not designed by Masons, has been used by the group to represent the omniscience of God. So that is the symbol that like people say the Illuminati use. Mm -hmm. It's on the dollar bill Mm -hmm. on the back of it, like the top of the pyramid with the eye. Yeah. Um, so like that wasn't designed by the Masons, but they have like really adopted that. Like a lot. But the most well-known Freemason symbol. Is called the square and the compasses, which we the square, the square and the compasses, <laughs> um, which is a builder's square joined by a compass. So when you see a Freemason symbol, it looks like a V. Mm-hmm. Or sorry, yeah, yeah, it looks like a V and like a thick V on the bottom and a thinner V on top, and it's because. You know those rulers that builders have? Yeah. That's like in an L shape. Mm-hmm. So that's the builder square. Oh. And then a compass that you would use like in math mm-hmm. is the compass. Oh. Okay, because it was okay. skilled builders that that created the Freemason organization. So is it like religious, this organization? Because it talked about God? Or like is this just a bunch of pals? Builder pals. Builder pals. <laughs> <laughs> Just a bunch of builder pals. <laughs> I mean, it's it's vague. 
I'm not going to lie. Yeah, like, like it's not really mean? clear. Yeah. And so another part of the symbol of the Freemason symbol, um, the square and the compasses, whatever it is. So like I said, it's kind of like a thick V on the bottom mm-hmm. and then the thinner V on the top. Um, so it kind of looks like an arrow pointing up, an arrow pointing down. They're like kind of overlapping. And then in the middle, there's a G. We'll talk about that more in a second on the next point. But just know. The yeah, compass sorry. is like next to it? No. So oh, okay. so I'm going to show Maddie a, a, a picture of it. <laughs> I'm having a hard um, time visualizing this. And if you also are having a hard time visualizing it, just look up the square and compasses. So it has the builder square. Yeah. In a V shape at the bottom. And then the compass overlapping on top. Gotcha. And then a G in the middle. Okay. Yeah. I was thinking a compass like a circle. <laughs> yeah. So I was confused. But that makes sense. Thank you. You're welcome. So that's what their like most well-known Freemason symbol is, is the square and compasses. A lesser known Masonic symbol drawn from nature is the beehive. Uh-huh. My jaw just dropped. Yeah. If you didn't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was like, hmm. That's like where I kind of like sat up and like took You're more like, notice. Okay. I was like, okay, sure, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk more about that as well. The beehive, you say. Uh-huh. <sighs> so the symbols are point two, right? Number three are the Freemason handshakes. So there's a handshake for each degree. And guess how many degrees there are let me guess three you got it nailed it nailed it so there's a handshake for each degree apprentice fellow craft and master disgusting (laughs) so yeah there's three degrees um similar no to lds culture yeah interesting um yeah yeah these handshakes are used during the masonic ceremonies sounds again pretty similar they use these handshakes during their ceremonies Okay. I'm still confused about what they're doing. Like builder pals, cult pals. Like, it's weird. It is weird. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. I mean, it doesn't really say. Like, all it all it really does. So if I just look up Freemasonry, it just refers to the fraternal organizations that trace their origins to the local guilds of stonemasons that, from the end of the 13th century, regulated the qualifications of stonemasons and their interaction with authorities and clients. So that's where it came from. So when you look up Freemasons, that's still what it says. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that makes sense, but it also, it also doesn't. Yeah. So, so um, I, looked in, I also looked up, what are Freemasons in simple terms? <laughs> <laughs> um and um a freemason is a member of a large secret society that's secret what it, yeah that's what it's called it's the world's secret, largest not secret yeah Just kidding. <laughs> nice um it is like the world's largest secret society so they basically promise to help each other and use a system of secret signs in order to recognize each other so interesting yet again <sighs> Cool. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. So just, you know, a couple should toss them out there. <laughs> anyway, so it's confusing. You're right. <laughs> it is weird. Just like the LDS church. Am I right? Yeah, you're right. <sighs> okay, so they do the handshakes during the ceremonies, right? So um fact number four. The Catholic Church forbids members from being Freemasons. So Freemasonry technically isn't a, isn't a religion, but all of its members believe in a supreme being, a.k.a. the quote-unquote grand architect of the universe. And that's what the G stands for. Grand architect. So God. Okay. But they 
don't really call it that. Yeah. But again, it's like because they were builders and stonemasons, they're like, God's an architect. So they call him the great architect of the universe. So that's what the G technically stands for, is my understanding. I could be wrong. If we have any Freemasons listening, <laughs> dear God, can you imagine? That'd be crazy. Let me know. I guess you can't. Secret society. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, Maybe not. Don't listen to this episode or something. I don't know. I, yeah, true. Um, and then also the Catholic Church first condemned Freemasonry in 1738 because of the secret rituals performed within the Masonic temples. So hmm. they were like, that's weird. The fact that even the Catholic Church said that. Yeah. But then. I'm saying a lot. <laughs> yeah. In the 19th century, the Vatican even called the Masons, quote unquote, the synagogue of Satan. Number one, why are you dragging Jewish people into the muck? They're not. They're just living their life. They have nothing to do with this. <laughs> why the synagogue? I know it's like alliteration. Yeah. Listen, I love it. The synagogue of Satan. That slaps. I'm not yeah. going to lie. But like, leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. Even the fucking Catholic Church was like. No. Hmm. So if you are a Freemason and you try to be in the Catholic Church, like you can get excommunicated hmm. if you don't leave yeah. the guild, the organization, whatever the fuck. Yeah. And like temples? Yeah. Masonic temples? What? Yeah. You know, we actually had a Masonic temple in my small town growing up. In, really? In Richfield, which is technically a village. Yeah, the village of Richfield, yeah, Ohio. We actually drove past it. Yeah. When we went to the library. Huh. Yeah. It's like our post office across the street, the Masonic Temple, and then a little bit around the corner, our library. Whoa. Yeah. I never knew what it was. I just knew I thought it was just some other church or whatever. Yeah. But it's not, apparently. That's it sounds weird. like it though. Uh, okay. I know. So, yeah, the Catholics are not fans. Then, fact number five, Freemasons inspired America's first political third party. So, in 1828, America's first political third party called the Anti-Masonic Party was formed in response to fears that the group was growing too secretive and powerful. So, hmm. it's been... It's been, in the, it's been a thing <laughs> for a long time. Yeah. Um, then fact number six, it's still mostly a boys club. Shocking, right? In the 1723 Constitutions, which is a kind of guidebook to the organizations by James Anderson, who was a member of the Freemasons, women, atheists, and enslaved people were excluded. So none of those three people, types of people could be a Freemason. <laughs> um, okay. Cool. But nowadays. So white men. Yeah. Exactly. Who believed in God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my worst nightmare. Yeah. The antithesis to this podcast. <laughs> um, but nowadays, and I pulled this off the internet, it says, quote, Masons come from all walks of life, provided they can afford to pay the annual subscription. Subscription. I don't really know what it means. And like, how much is it? I don't know. <laughs> That's the question. I don't know. Um, Damn. But women can. <laughs> so, yeah. So now anyone can join. Yeah, so women can now. But women join a separate order, technically, called the Order of the Eastern Star that may or may not be recognized in some of the lodges. I am pretty sure that Masonic lodges and temples are the same thing. Again, okay, not very Unclear. clear. It's not clear. Hmm. 
you know, depending on where they live, they might not even be included. So still not equal in that way, but also this thing sounds fucking weird. So it does. I'm like floored. Yeah, I know. It gets crazier. Okay. I believe it. Um, since there's no national organization in the US, uh grand quote unquote grand lodges in each state are a court of last resort. It can result in some things like in southern states, Freemasonry remains segregated. Still. Still. Yeah. I th- I think black men I I don't remember if it's just that they can't join or, or if it's, it's that they have a separate order. But it's segregated oh regardless. My. Oh my god. Yeah. Mhm. The South, <laughs> 2022. Man. The South fucking blows my mind. It truly does. <laughs> it does. Um and then the last fact about Freemasons before we really get into the similarities between LDS doctrine. Number seven, famous Freemasons are everywhere. So I'm going to list off a few of a few famous people that were Freemasons. Okay. Some of these won't be surprising. George Washington. Okay. Benjamin Franklin. Okay. FDR. (laughs) Oh, no. Gerald Ford. Winston Churchill. Mozart. Mm -hmm. Davy Crockett. What? Nat King Cole. What? Henry Ford. Buzz Aldrin. Yeah. I know. What? I know. Anyway. Huh. So that's just some, you know, background info on what Freemasons are, I guess, (laughs) which still is vague, I know. Yeah, it's so vague. (sighs) Yep. I was just confused. Yeah, it's really confusing. (laughs) So... That, um, like I said, that came from history.com. And like always, these things will be linked in the description below. I definitely urge you to go read more about it (laughs) if you are as interested in this as we are. So most of the rest of the information that we'll discuss today does come from the mormonstories.org article that I'll link in the description. And on that article, there is more information I didn't include. And they also have their sources there as well. So Make sure to go check that out, like I said, if you want more information. So, many of the early church leaders were also Masons. Shocking, I know. I'm shocked. (laughs) Truly shocked. Truly shocked. So, a fun fact about Freemasons is, um, so Joseph Smith also joined the Freemasons. Mm -hmm. And a mere seven weeks after... He was introduced to their rituals, secret hand grips, embraces, clothing, tokens, and penalties. He introduced the LDS temple ceremonies. Seven weeks. So he went in (laughs) and he said, huh, yeah, this feels right. I'm going to steal it and use it for my church. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think seven weeks is the perfect amount of time to just rip someone off. Pretty much. Um, And Joseph Smith would know how to do that. True. So his own father, Joseph Smith Sr., was what they call a Grand Master Mason, which is the absolute highest level of Freemasonry. Wow. So, so, you know. Does that just mean you're a really good Mason? I guess so. (laughs) Again, unclear. I'm just like, what the fuck? It reminds me of Impact. I know. It does. It really. No, I know. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Everything else is, everything's just ripping off the Masons. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. 
The LDS Church has no records or journal entries of revelations regarding temple ceremonies or covenants. Of course they don't. Mm -hmm. Because it's bullshit. Yep. (laughs) I know. And then the church has vigorously denied masonry's influence while declaring its own ceremonies to be a different, more purifying experience. I'm like, how can you even say that? Mm -hmm. It's not different. (laughs) Especially if early church leaders were masons. Yeah. Like, and also like seven weeks, maybe wait like a year, bro. Mm-hmm. Like seven he, weeks. He, he just couldn't wait. Yeah. He's like, I got to tell them now. How else will I get them to follow me? <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. I know. There's a well-known church historian named Leonard Arrington. And he even said, so he was, I think they were like asking him like about the temple and he says this quote, it says, I have not yet come to feel the necessity of frequent attendance at the temple. I think I get as much inspiration watching birds or looking at the mountains in the wilderness as participating in the rituals there. So it's like, he was like, why are we doing this? So he, he's a church member. He's like a, he's like a well-known church historian. Yeah, he's a I member. Have, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, yeah, I have heard his name before. He's what they call the Dean of Mormon History. Hmm. He wrote Brigham Young, American Moses, The Mormon Experience, Mothers and of the Prophets, like, etc. Like, he's written a shit ton mm-hmm. of those books. And he was even like, why are we doing this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, interesting. Another interesting thing. This is all interesting. Number one. <laughs> okay. Was, um, so, you know, the story when Joseph Smith was murdered at Carthage Jail, um, he attempted to jump out of the window, and his last words were, "Or oh, Lord, my God. Mm-hmm. Okay? Do you want to know what the Masonic cry of distress is? It's, oh, Lord, my God, is there no help for the widow's son? So he was more than likely saying the first words of the Masonic cry of distress. Mm-hmm. Huh. Seems to me like Joseph Smith was more of a Mason than <laughs> a Mormon. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so that was also like really fascinating. Yeah. To be like, huh, you know, they've, you know, obviously, why would they? Yeah. But like, you just think he's like, oh, Lord, my God, like, help me. But like, the fact that it's something that he learned from the Masons, mm-hmm. that makes sense because he ripped off their rituals. <laughs> now I have a list of some of the similarities between Masonry and Mormonism, specifically in the temple. Okay. So, number one, the all-seeing eye. Number two, the apron that you wear. Number three, the beehive. Four, the square and compass. Um, Raise your hand to the square. Five, emblem of the clasped hands. Mm, I've seen that one. Yep. Six, five points of fellowship. Seven, special garments applied to initiates. Eight, garment markings. Nine, special hand grips. Ten, the phrase holiness to the Lord. Are you kidding? Oh, my God. 11, a new name given. 12, blood slash death oaths of secrecy with gestures and words describing specific penalties agreed to if secrets are revealed. Mormons going through the temple post-1999 might not be familiar with these. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember what number I'm on, but the next one is <laughs> location or possession of throne of the Holy of Holies. Some of these I'm not familiar with, so they might be a little older. And then there's also the star, sun, and moon symbols, as well as tabernacles and temples. Those are all things that the Masons used first. Wow. 
Yeah, holiness to the Lord really got you, huh? Yeah, I mean, that's on every, every temple. temple. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I didn't I didn't know that there was so much in yeah. common. And and the church is just like vigorously yeah, they're denying like, no, it. No, let's not. We didn't we didn't do anything. But it's like you don't even like, you know, at least with like the Book of Mormon, mm-hmm. they have like documents. Yeah. And like journal entries and whatever. But like there's nothing. Mm-hmm. Like the temple ceremonies just appeared one day. Yeah. Interesting. And like with other revelation, you know, it's in D and C. Yeah. Or stuff like that. But with this one, it just like it just appeared. Hmm. Interesting. Just one day. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I'm assuming that Brigham Young was also a Mason because yes, he was. You know, he came to Utah and they wanted to I mean, they wanted to name it Deseret, but um, you know, we're the Beehive State. Yeah. There's like beehives on the Salt Lake Temple and stuff. <laughs> On yeah, the, no, on the Brigham, handles. Brigham Young was amazing as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, me either. Yep. So those are all the things they have in common, right? There's just some other information about the blood oath that used to be done and the secret new name that I'm going to read as well. A penal oath, commonly referred to as a blood oath, was a known Masonic ritual requiring members to swear to surrender their lives rather than reveal the secret tokens and signs given them. Ceremony participants covenanted, quote, I will never reveal the token. Rather than do so, I would suffer my life to be taken. Then the sworn obligation to secrecy and psychologically controlling aspects surrounding the temple experience are textbook indoctrination. Then members grew increasingly uncomfortable with the cryptic ritual, resulting in declining temple attendance. So then the church conducted a survey in 1988 to gauge member sentiment. The penal oath and explicitly performed penalties, which was pantomiming, slitting of the throat, disemboweling oneself, and ripping out of the heart, were removed from the LDS ceremony in 1990. So yet again. Hmm. Changing things to keep people in. Yeah. But it's the- so obvious to figure out yeah. why yeah. they're doing it. And they're like, no, God's just changed his mind. Why would he need to do that? Yeah. Why would he do that? Um, and also, that's such a long time. For those oaths to be happening in the temple. My parents were doing them. Mm -hmm. Like, my parents got married in 1980. Yeah. Let's see. My parents got married in 93 or 4. I think it was 4. Wow, so they never did this. So they never did that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I mean, I wish I, yeah, good for that. Um, I wish that I could ask my mom about it, but she knows I do this podcast, so she wouldn't tell me. (laughs) And also, you're not supposed to discuss sacred things outside the temple. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Been doing that voice a lot today. I think it's funny on the podcast. It is funny. So, yeah, they were doing that for a long time. Yeah, that's that's crazy. Like over Uh 100 years. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um, So then there's the secret new name. So during the temple endowment ceremony, each member receives a new name, which they are instructed to always remember, keep sacred, and never reveal, except at a specific place inside the temple. Since January 1st, 1965, each male and female who goes to the temple on any given day receives the exact same new name for each sex, regardless of which temple they attend across the globe. So what would happen was there would be a special prayer meeting daily for the temple workers where they would be provided the secret names 
Okay, so then every temple has a set of placards containing the male and female names, in addition to a number representing the day of the month. And the new name each temple patron receives depends only on their gender, whether the ordinance is live or proxy, and the day of the month. An exception occurs if the name of the day, if the name of the day that's provided in the morning coincides with the person's actual first name, in which case he or she receives the replacement name of Adam or Eve, respectively. For endowments giving in languages other than English, new names are translated to their nearest equivalent in that language. Hmm. So just... I was curious about, like, different languages. Yeah. Because I know that, you know, things don't always translate exactly. So, like, with the prayers and stuff, I was curious about that. Yeah, I'm also curious about that. But isn't it fucking crazy how similar... Yeah, I mean, what you just described was... Exactly what we just talked about. <laughs> so, I know. <laughs> what we, yeah, what we talked about in last episode. In the yeah. last episode is mm-hmm. what we just described the Masons doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was fucking. That was crazy to me that there's like so much overlap, and I've never and I've like heard that mm-hmm. people have said that, but like, yeah, I didn't like know that it was this much. Like the whole thing. Yeah, and then <laughs> it was just like seven weeks after. Like mm-hmm. that's just so fucking transparent. What an idiot. I know. How the... He's just... That's the thing. You can get away with fucking murder mm-hmm. and more if you're charismatic. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And he was. Yeah. Supposedly. Ted Bundy vibes, you know? That's what I was just thinking. Oh, my God. I love, I love you. But yeah, no. I was <laughs> yeah. thinking that, too. Yeah. I know. So that's all the information I have about the, the overlap or direct copying <laughs> of the masonry rituals and stuff with the lds <laughs> temple ceremony yeah um so again i just thought like we don't know that that's where it came from so kind of tying back into the informed consent topic that we actually are talking about but i guess it's <laughs> kind of like also more history of the temple ceremony yeah. i think learning more about the ceremony and where it really came from um and like kind of how it came to be and things like that yeah. It's wild. And then all the changes too that have yeah. been made conveniently when they're worried about people leaving. Yeah, it's like you can literally track mm-hmm. when changes are made based on member decline. Again, fucking transparent. Yeah, but they they just like deny and they stopped releasing the numbers too. Yeah, I know, yeah. That kills me. Me too. <laughs> like I wonder why. Hmm. And then just keep building temples mm-hmm. because, you know, for no reason. But instead of like the millions and billions of dollars you have using it for like helping communities, mm-hmm. just build temples that sit relatively empty. Yeah. And draw power. Yeah. And like, yeah. Um, you know, the grounds, keeping up with the grounds and everything. Like, just yeah. a waste. Fucking waste, it I is tell a, you. It's a fucking waste. It really is. <sighs> anyway. Um, but the rest of this episode will we kind of just be talking about more just exactly what situations members encounter that there should be informed consent and there's not. Mm -hmm. So I really like looking at the subreddit (laughs) um, for ex-Mormons. And so I found a post on the subreddit about informed consent in the Mormon church. And I just like read through and found a couple comments that I really liked. So 
Um, definitely go check that out. And there's, I mean, there's so much more than I've pulled out, but there's just a few that I wanted to talk about. Okay. So the first one was four separate times where informed consent should be used. The first one is the first time you go through the temple because temple prep is a joke. Yeah. The second one is um, going on a mission. You get peer pressure, commitments often made before going through the temple. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Yeah, me either. Um, Number three, women getting married. Possibly the first time going through the temple is the morning of their wedding. Which, God. What a fucking day, man. I know. That would be horrible. Oh, it would. I'm so glad. (sighs) I didn't do that. I'm glad for you, too. (sighs) I'm also glad I didn't do it like that. And then the last one on this comment says converts wait a year before going through the temple. So they have no idea, no real idea of what happens in there before then. But by then they've already been baptized. Yeah, they've been baptized and going to church for a year. So like they're fresh, but not too fresh to like run. Yeah. And they're trying to be a good convert. So they're like, okay, temple. Yikes. (laughs) I know. Another example that someone said was. After all the porn and modesty lessons, I still didn't know a thing about sexual consent up to and after being married. The temple condemns you and uses social pressure to agree to things without really knowing what it is. And I was like, I was like, yeah, that's again another thing. You don't really talk about consent ever, Mm-mm. whether it be informed consent in the instance of going to the temple or going on a mission or whatever, or just sexual consent. Because the, yeah. the church doesn't ask for consent. Not really. No, they don't. <laughs> I can't really think of an instance where they do. Yeah, and same. And I was going to say, and if you grew up in a state where your sex ed sucks, yeah. like in Utah, then yeah, you're not learning about consent in school as well. So then yeah, people just walk all over you. Yeah. Another example is... Uh, someone said, once I pay my tithing, it is completely out of my ability to know or direct where that money goes. But if I want to spend money for any activity, it needs several approvals and signatures and can't be used for X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Um, no mutual consent or discussion is allowed. Just a one-way street of power and authority, which has a whole new ring to me now. And it's like, yeah, you, you can't pick where your money goes. Yeah. Not really. Yeah, no, who knows? Even if you, like, fill it out on the little slip. Yeah. If you're still paying your tithing that way. Well, I guess they have it online, too. Yeah, and it's still the slip. It's still the same. But, yeah, I mean, is that really where it's going? Probably not. Or is it just going straight into that, you know, untouchable billion that the church has? Yeah, I think so. (laughs) I mean, I think, yeah, everything just gets funneled Mm -hmm. into one bank account, you know? And then they just use it for whatever they want. Yeah, and then, you know, the young men's budget gets to be big because they you know are are priesthood holders and they're going to become high priests and you know they could be the prophet one day but not those fucking bitches nope they got to fundraise for their camp yeah and they got to (laughs) go make us some goddamn snacks in the kitchen (laughs) get in there make me some brownies (laughs) anyway (sighs) gross and then the last comment i pulled out was This person said, the temple was a huge one for me. They raise you on rainbows and Jesus from age zero to 18. Then you get your mission call with huge family and community pressure with 18 years of built up confirmation bias. Then bam, cult temple stuff. So hard to turn back at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like all you've ever known is, yeah, Jesus loves you. Like 
you know, be with your family forever, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But you don't actually know anything else. You just get fed on a fucking silver spoon the information they want you to know to keep you there, to keep you paying tithing and funding question mark. <laughs> like, we don't even know. Yeah. So it's like all of this is built to to retain members, and yet they keep they keep losing members and then they change it slightly because they're like well maybe that'll keep them and then you know (laughs) it's just i mean it's it's cyclical right Mm -hmm. like something else society continues to progress mostly and Mm. (laughs) a little and then they're like huh i guess people are upset about the ceremony again let's change it rolling my eyes yeah but then they're like yeah god you know, came from God. Whatever. I know. <laughs> so, I mean, I think I just liked that it, you know, this subreddit was talking about more than just the temple because I feel like that's pretty much the only thing I thought of was informed consent with in regard to the temple ceremony. Because, yeah, obviously, we've discussed it many a time already. Temple <laughs> prep is not is non-existent. There's no prep there. Yeah. So, you literally don't know what you're gonna do you're forbidden (laughs) from talking about it before or after and yeah and if you went through the temple before 1990 you swore on your life that you would keep it a secret you know yeah but you'd rather die than Mm -hmm. reveal these things the secrets of the temple Uh which is crazy (laughs) truly I feel like we all learned a lot about informed consent. Yeah. Um, yeah, some of those I didn't even think about. Me either. Um, so that was interesting. Yeah, like especially like the mission call mm-hmm. thing. That would be really hard, I feel like, to go to like know that you were going to have to go spend, you know, for for boys like two years preaching the gospel. And that's just like all the stuff you've known up to this point. Yeah. And then you get like let into the secret club and it's like you can't tell anyone. Um, and you have to just like be okay with it. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Just get you sent and then you just get sent off. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I've never thought about it like that either. Yeah. And just like again, um, going back to the four pillars of informed consent, just to kind of like finish off the information we just talked about, the four pillars of informed consent per John Dillon. Number one, you must have the capacity or ability to make a decision. Two, all important relevant information must be disclosed, including the benefits and risks and the probabilities of each. Three, you must comprehend the relevant information. And four, you must voluntarily grant consent without coercion or duress. So, like, think about when you are eight. Yeah. You, number one, don't have the ability or capacity to make a decision of joining a lifelong high demand religion cult. Um, yeah. You don't know. <laughs> and not all important relevant information is disclosed. And even if it was, you couldn't really comprehend it yeah, anyway. Because you're eight. Because you're eight. And then the fourth one, you must voluntarily grant consent without coercion or duress. I mean, <laughs> again, you're eight. Yeah. You're getting pressured into it. Yeah. When people are like, wow, I'm so proud of my child because they chose to be baptized. I'm like, no, they didn't. Like, did they? They didn't. Yeah, it's it's like a, it's a formality. It's a hoop that you jump through to be like, do you want to get baptized? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I want to party. 
That's exactly. what it is. Yeah, because again, they're eight. They're still children. So they're yeah. like, yeah, I'm going to, you know, all my friends and family will be proud of me. Yeah. And I'll get all these presents. Exactly. <sighs> so it's like, you know, doesn't doesn't hit any <laughs> any of the four <laughs> pillars of informed consent with yeah. baptism. And then same thing with the mission. Like now you're older, you have the capacity or ability to make a decision. But not all important relevant information is disclosed. <laughs> mm-hmm. And again, you can't comprehend the relevant information if it's not disclosed. And then you must voluntarily grant consent without coercion or duress. Specifically with the mission, I remember my one brother really did not want to go on a mission. And it was really hard for him to just say, like, I'm not going. Because yeah. it was just like my my parents were so relentless about it and they would ask him like all the time so when are you going to submit your papers when are you going to submit your papers and like i understand that it was it was definitely like not an easy situation for him to say no but i mean it's just it's the system's not built for that the system's built for you to follow blindly yeah especially young men like they are i mean they say like encouraged but it's like expected oh 100 yeah. um for young men but then young women because you know we're too fragile yeah we, we can, get to decide we can only do 18 months oh no god i always hated that i i just yeah and the fact that the women have to wait i'm like if anything fucking men should have to wait i know until they're 19 yeah. i guess but like when i was growing up it was 18 and 21 yeah and i'm like are you joking <laughs> <laughs> i know that's crazy yeah. Like women develop faster than men. Yeah. So if but anything, then, women should go when they're 18 exactly. and men should go when they're 21. Yeah. But like 18 year old boys? No. I know. When I see them, I'm like, you're a child. Yeah. You're literally a child. Oh, God. Also, this is like, I've always had kind of a hard time like calling the church a cult. Like I've been more comfortable with high demand religion. But this episode was kind of like pushed me over the, the edge, honestly. Like, really? Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's it's when you like really delve into the the nitty gritty shit, mm-hmm. the stuff that the church does not want you to do. That's when you learn the most information, like the most yeah. the most interesting information and pertinent information that you wouldn't learn otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, welcome to the the cult side i guess yeah i don't know that's just always been like too strong of a word i I know i've been where you are too Um, where i'm like it just feels like too much but yeah Yeah, because i've I've like said it you know it's like kind of culty culty vibes but like high demand religion hashtag just culty vibes exactly (laughs) i i mean it's it's that too it's all of it high demand cult (laughs) yeah anyway yeah but yeah just like hearing that and like anyway yeah that's all um unrelated kind of to the topic but just on the topic of missions Mm -hmm. again and i really want to have those uh that girl that reached out oh yeah i know with her girlfriend Mm -hmm. um to guess so if you're listening let's do it yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i mean i'll dm you it's fine but um because i feel like it'd be good to hear about it from two members of the lgbtq community that went on missions and met on missions and are now together. Amazing. Amazing. I love that. But when these like young men 
specifically go on their missions. They're 18. All they do all day, they spend two years getting rejected. (laughs) And they are conditioned to keep trying, to ignore what people are saying, to continue to push the bullshit. And that (laughs) makes it harder for them later to leave because they spent two years convincing of, people of convincing people and also themselves mm-hmm. that this is the the you know the, this is it this is the light in the way whatever the fuck <laughs> and um you know like they don't even really have a chance to doubt it because they're in this like high pressure situation mm-hmm. and they you know have to like kind of hit a quota and so it's like they, ha- they can't give up yeah and so i feel like I just I remember seeing something that someone said. I don't remember what it is, but where it's just like missions. Why do you think missions exist? Yeah, it's because they want to make a lifelong member. If they can convince an 18 year old to go on a mission for two years to get rejected multiple times every day. Yeah. They they think they have a member for life. Which is funny because yeah. I've heard multiple stories about. I know. Return missionaries leaving. Like, they're, like, bye right after. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, how could you not? That's such a, like, weird situation to be in. I mean, neither of us served a mission, mission, but just, like, you know, your entire day is just, like, scripture study. And, like, you can't be away from your companion and, like, all this shit. I know. I mean, I think, (laughs) again, I think that's why they've changed so many things. Like, now you can... um you know, call your family like every day or something, right? Or like, I think it's every week. I don't don't remember. Yeah. I don't know, but it used to be. But like, they have access to social media. Yeah. Like, I mean, and they're using that now to like, you know, proselyte. Is that the right word? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Proselyte. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So, anyway, anyway, again, it's just kind of like society's changing. And, but it's just, I think really it's more about keeping the missionary than, the converts Mm -hmm. in my opinion but yeah no i can absolutely see that because as soon as they do convert someone then no one cares about them anymore no yeah anyway that was unrelated to the topic that was unrelated but but we should do an episode about that yeah we really should anyway so (laughs) that is all the information i had today um It's it's a lot of information, <laughs> but I was yeah I was fascinated when I was digging into it. Still yeah. not one hundred percent certain what a Freemason is, yeah, what the I, fuck they do in there. I don't know what that. But means. also, you probably feel felt that same way about the LDS temple, and so let's just say you know more about the Freemasons now than you thought because it's the same. <laughs> wow, yeah, I'm shocked. I know it's crazy. So yeah, that's a lot to take in. It is. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, um, Maddie, do you want to do this week's manifestation? Sure. The manifestation for this week is listen to your heart. Just kidding. We don't have to keep listen that Listen to your heart. <laughs> when he's calling for you, listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. I don't know where you're going, and I don't know why. Listen to your heart. Before 
Italian goodbye. Musical stylings done by Amy and Maddie. Yeah. Are we keeping that in? I think so. Okay. It's funny. Anyway. Um, so listen to your heart. Yeah. Listen to your heart. Use your critical thinking skills to figure out if you're in a cult. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure that's what my manifestation was in the last episode. <laughs> but sorry. also, no, but also it's true. I think double the pleasure, double the fun. Exactly. I forgot that that's what you did for the last episode. No, it's, I think, but I think it fine. applies. Still. Yeah, no, I think it's totally fine. Um, consent, you know, advocate for yourself and your needs. Yeah consent that's all just do your own research the church is gonna say not to do it but fucking do your own research yeah. goddamn yeah and don't just use their sources use outside sources as well because because those sources are way less biased yeah i mean think about it why would you read the church's sources about some yeah. you know whatever issue it is. Obviously, they're going to... Anyway, whatever. It's going to be in their favor. <laughs> yeah, they have everything to gain by you just listening to them and no one else. So, listen yeah, to your um, heart. Listen to your heart. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, and uh, I think that's a great <laughs> manifestation for this week, Maddie. Thank you. So, All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah. That was a very informative episode um <laughs> thank you for us so that was a fun one but anyway so if you want to hear more you should follow us on instagram at fat podcast and um look out for future episodes we have some fun ones coming up yeah um and i'm excited about them Me so too. hope you guys have a great week we'll see you next week and we love you, Freddy Cutie. Yes. Have a good week. Okay. Bye. Bye.